It's time for Red Zone Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic Associates on 95.3 KGY. A weekly look at high school football in the area with your hosts, Noel Wall and Olympian prep contributor, Dave Weber. And good morning. Welcome to Red Zone Talk, your weekly high school football roundup show. Uh, We're going to talk about all the games and all the teams in our area uh, some of which still undefeated. This is uh, Season 5, Episode 7. I'm your host, Noel Wall, along with prep reporter Dave Weber. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good, and everything seems like it's now starting to come to a head. We're starting to get some meaningful games. This oh, isn't season. that the truth? Yeah, yeah, we're right in the heart of the season. Uh, by the way, this show will be available for podcast on the Red Zone Talk page of the KGY website. Uh, squiggle your mousy thing over the... Uh, on air, and you'll find it right there. Last week's show is there now, and uh, you can also enter to win driving from uh, driving instruction, I should say, from 911 Driving School. Later on, we've got interview with uh, it's an RZT exclusive, I think, isn't it, Dave? Tumwater's Dylan Loftus. Yeah, I went out there and talked to him Tuesday afternoon and had a nice conversation. And he's a transfer student, and uh, we'll hear from him a little bit later on. Let's uh, dive right in, though, starting with the mountain. Uh, division of 2B and the Mountaineers' win streak has come to an end. Yeah, and I hope it wasn't the Olympian sports section cover jinx. I had a <laughs> nice long feature on uh, Terry Shaw, their head coach, last Friday, and that night they went ahead and lost. They were, But they were the fourth-ranked team that week, and they lost to the fifth-ranked team, 34-28, two on Alaska. So, you know, they only dropped two spots in the poll because of that loss. Not a, not a devastating upset, just a really a slight one. However, the interesting thing is for the third year in a row, Rainier started out the season 5-0 and and then lost at six games. So oh, um, wow. it's kind of interesting to see that happen. But it was a rainy night, and with just about two minutes to go, uh, Onalaska quarterback Lucas Krieger scored a touchdown that put them ahead to stay. Uh, Rainier had built up a 21-6 halftime lead. Cole Risey rushing for 103 yards on 20 carries, three touchdowns for him, two on the ground, one on a pass from quarterback Zach Lofgren. He also rushed for 90 yards on 14 carries and a touchdown. So – uh, you know, good football game. They had the lead, lost it, lost by a couple points. Uh, not a disaster for Rainier, but certainly a blow to their uh, championship hopes. Yes, and things are not going to get uh, a lot easier because they're uh, going to the Pirates. they got a 6-0 and Adna coming out. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it gets harder. They've got to go um, to Adna and play them there. Uh, nice field, but it's, you know, tucked away in a small town. And you definitely know you're on the road. And the Pirates are coming in off a 59 to nothing win. Over Life Christian, Rainier also beat Life Christian, um, fifty to something. But uh, you know, not it wasn't a shutout. And last season, Adna handed Rainier a thirty-eight sixteen loss in Rainier. So definitely an uphill battle this time for Rainier. But uh, you know, they're not incapable of pulling that kind of an upset. So we'll see. No, they're not. So uh, good luck to the Mountaineers as they face the Pirates. One A schools Evergreen League tonight. Oh, uh, things don't get much better for the Beavers. They fall to zero and six as they lose to Forks fifty five to fourteen. Did get some points on the board. Yeah, they started out the season with um, you know twenty twenty well, twenty three twenty four guys, and they've had some injuries. Uh, it's not going to get easy when that's the case. Paxton Russell had a nice night for them. He got several catches for them, a touchdown, two point conversion. Jace Griffiths played pretty well on defense, so they had some stuff going on, but. Obviously, they're uh, shorthanded, and that leaves them uh, short of victory most nights. Yes, and uh, boy, things are not going to get easier for them either. They host 5-1 and one Elma. Elma got their first uh, stumble of the season, a one-point loss to Hoquim, 14-13. to 13. That must have been something. 
Yeah, and that was a uh, missed extra point. They came down and uh, they had the extra point blocked, and then they they got the ball back and marched down in field goal range, got that blocked. So, uh, you know, they got a good kicker in Alejandro Hernandez do the Eagles, but uh, in that instance, they got two of them blocked. So um, they're going to be fired up. And, you know, it's just a, the difference in 1A is the numbers. Tonino's got in the 20s. Um, the Eagles have 60 players out for their program this year. They've uh, Their coach was uh, – very proud of the fact that they played C and JV on the same day, which most schools can't do because they got to flop some guys into both games, and they did not have to do that. So, yeah, and then they lose by one point to the ninth-ranked team in the state. So it is going to be a tough assignment on the black turf. Um, that's senior night, though, for Tonino. So uh, if you're a Tonino fan, reason enough to get out there and watch, even though they're not the favorites in the You game. bet it is. You bet. Uh, moving on to 2A, South Puget Sound, River Ridge. The Hawks are 3-3. Three and three. They lost to Eatonville, uh, kind of a squeaker, twenty-three to twenty. Oh, way more than a squeaker. That River Ridge might be the best three and three team in the state in, in the losses they've had. I was out there at Eatonville watching that game. Um, I'll talk about it here in a second. But earlier in the season, tough losses to WF West, fourth-ranked Stellicum. Uh, in this game, there was a punt return for a touchdown. Eatonville got two turnovers from the Hawks that set them up like on the ten-yard line or less that caused their next two touchdowns. That put. Uh, Edenville up 20 to nothing, but River Ridge battled back and tied it. Uh, had the ball in the fourth quarter, marching down to a potential go-ahead score. Just turned it over on downs, no turnover that time. They just couldn't get it done. Um, Edenville comes back the other way. 28-yard field goal by Diego Luna, who is actually a uh, Mexican exchange student playing his first season of tackle football. So, oh, my goodness. But he was he was pretty fired up, and they were fired up. They got the win, and they you know they have to play uh, Stelicum tonight in the Battle of Unbeatens in that league. But uh, – you know, one thing you can always, every week I come in here and talk about it, that sophomore combination that they've got, uh, quarterback Javon Brown and wide receiver Dante Owens, they scored two different types of touchdown passes. One where Dante was breaking over the middle, caught it for a 44-yard score in stride. The other one was just a little flipped uh, screen pass out to the left side. He goes 49 yards and into the end zone. Um, so that that's bears watching over the next couple of years. Tomasi Manu got the, the other score for Ridge Ridge on the ground. And their workhorse running backs, Kieran Hunkin, he had 68 yards and 19 carries. Brian Malloy, they didn't get any end on, into the end zone this week, but both of them had interceptions on defense, as did Lamar Campbell. And they are going to host another 3-3 three and three team tonight. They got Clover Park. Or, well, well actually, actually last night. This one's yeah. over. So, uh, that game's over, so we won't talk too much about it. But that was uh, homecoming for the Hawks last night at South Sound. So. Right. So if you went, you know what happened. Uh, meanwhile, uh, that is uh, bringing up time for our very first break. Up next, we'll look further into the 2A teams. We'll hear Dave's chat with Dylan Loftus of Tumwater and uh, how he came to play at uh, the Tumwater T-Birds. We'll be right back. You're listening to Red Zone Talk on Olympia's KGY. And welcome back to Red Zone Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic Associates. You are with uh, Noel and Dave as we continue with 2A Ball and the Evco League and the Tumwater T-Birds, uh, 6-0 now, as uh, they had a big victory over Aberdeen, 61-3. to Yeah, second week in a row they scored 60. The week before, of course, they uh, shut out Rochester 63 to nothing, And that means that the undefeated Thunderbirds, second-ranked in the state behind Hawkinson, they're now averaging 53.4 points per game. So that is incredible output. That's a, that's a good high for most teams on the season. But for them, that's what they're averaging. Um, Dylan Loftus, who's the running back we're going to talk to in a few minutes, 
He uh, had three touchdowns this week, including long ones of 39 and 36 yards. Turner Allen uh, twice found the end zone from more than 50 yards away. So, you know, we don't, didn't even mention the names Dylan Payne or um, Zane Murphy until I just did there. Um, so, you know, that core of running backs is just so deep and so effective, and it just keeps going. So they'll be playing WF West, um, which had a shutout victory last week. And a year ago, it was the T-Birds ending the regular season with a 44-3 victory over the Bearcats. So uh, log- logical pick, Tumwater again this week, and that would lead to something that we'll talk about a little bit later that would be kind of uh, – Interesting the next week. Could be a lot of fun. Right. So let's uh, hear the interview with uh, Dylan Loftus. All right. We're with one of the more interesting football players in Thurston County this year. Dylan Loftus of Tumwater has come in from Pillager High School in Minnesota and pretty much taken up where you left off. You rushed for over 1,300 yards there last year, and you've certainly done well this year. What uh, what prompted your family to move out here? Um, I think the biggest part for me was just uh, uh, my future in general as far as football goes. Um, I know I wanted to play football on the West Coast. Um, you know, and obviously every day I'm, I'm working for a scholarship. Like that's my dream. It has been since I was little. So I think coming out here to a program like Tumwater has, and I think it'd be best interest for myself. So you absolutely knew before you got here what it was going to be like. Yes, sir. And what has been the biggest difference between uh, T-Bird football and football back in Minnesota? Ooh, <clears throat> I have to say the speed of the game. The speed of the game here is a lot faster. You know, the competition level is great, and I just love the atmosphere. So much different. I can't even compare that. So what, uh, did you run a similar offense there or is the wing T something new to you? We ran the double wing backs and the fullback in the backfield, but, um, you know, obviously Tomar does it a lot better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, what about the comparison between the, the two communities from coming from Minnesota to Tumwater? Do you like it here? And- uh, I do like it here. Uh, Pillager was really small and only had a population of like a little over 400 people, almost 500 oh, okay. people. I mean, especially the school size like that, you know, switching from small to big it's a big adjustment but you know I do love Tumwater a lot you know so you were like the main guy there and then here you're not only you are a main guy but there's Zane there's the other Dylan right, there's a Terry. lot of other guys you can run so um what's that like to go from being probably the big man on campus to one of a core of strong running backs um honestly I, I could say it's a blessing because you know I couldn't say I had uh um, you know, as many backs, you know, good backs as did back in Minnesota do here, you know, and you know, we're a lot tighter and compact, compacted as a family here as one unit. So it's just great to work with, you know, guys just as good as you. So basically you came in here. Did you know anybody before you got here? I knew Zane Murphy. You knew Zane? I knew Zane Murphy. I grew up with Zane. Um, you know, other than that, I came in here. Was that, so he was from Minnesota as well? No, I grew up here. Oh, you did grow yeah, up Yeah, I grew okay. up here. I grew up here, and uh, I moved when I was nine years old. And oh, I see. I, I was best friends with Zane growing up. So this was certainly not, it wasn't any kind of a, a shock then. You kind of knew what you were getting into. Yes, back of here. course. All right, well, so you uh, you have WF West on Friday, and someone hasn't lost a league game in, what, nine years, something like that. Yeah. So I, it's a pretty obvious question, but what is your team, what is the team looking forward to doing before the season's over? Hmm. I don't know. It's winning the state championship. That's what we want. That's our biggest goal. It's our main focus. So. You guys talk about that last year, how they were in that game and didn't quite get it done? Or... Yeah, I heard a lot about it. Also, even since I wasn't part of the team back then, I still get you know built up feelings about it myself. But we got a good shot this year. All right, very good. Well, good luck the rest of the way. Thanks for talking to me. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, he sounds very well-spoken and, and like he's really thought about his football career. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I made the mistake that uh, no lawyer is supposed to make in the courtroom and don't right. ask a question you don't know the answer to. I was actually genuinely surprised that he had grown up here before uh, going to Minnesota and back. But it makes sense. I mean, a town of 400 people, and you might want to come back to your home area where yes. you, know, you knew a lot more people and where you knew football was going to be awesome. So, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, it's a 
It's, it's the other thing that I would comment on about going out there on Tuesday is, you know, here's a team that you know lost the state title game last year, wants dearly to get back to it, and they're really laid back in practice. It's not a you know an Alabama style practice where people are yelling and screaming. The coaches are pretty laid back and just getting guys to do their job, and uh, pretty good atmosphere. Well, you like to see that, then you like to see that again. They're going to host WF West. Uh, the Bearcats are three and three, and then uh, you know you alluded earlier that uh, maybe. We're going to see a really fun matchup, uh, not tonight, but coming forward, and that would involve also, I think, the Black Hills Wolves, who are still undefeated after beating Centralia 43-7. to Yes, it will involve the possibility of, of the Wolves. Uh, we'll talk about their opponent, Aberdeen, in a bit, but that's a game they probably can win, and that would lead them to uh, head into the what's called the Pioneer Bowl against Tumwater. Both teams would be 7-0, and 3-0 and in league, so... Um, We'll see what they can do this week, but that would be a huge deal in the city of Tumwater. Um, I'm told it's actually happened before where they both went into a game late in the season. They went into the Pioneer with, with both a chance to win it. I'm going to check a little bit more on that um, as we prepare to talk about that game next week. But, um, you know, it's it's happened before that these teams have been good, but it doesn't happen often. And I think Black Hills has such an exciting offense in Tumwater, too, that that'll be uh, good if they can get past their respective opponents this week. And highlights uh, from Centralia? Yeah, last week uh, the Wolves uh, got Centralia, and Taylor Simmons rushed for 74 yards and two touchdowns. Jaden Toussaint uh, got a 15-yard score on the ground, and he ran a kickoff back 70 yards for another touchdown. Preston Lee, a rushing touchdown. Zach Loveless, who led them in uh, rushing with a 149 yards on 11 carries, um, uh, also scored a touchdown, a pretty long one. And the interesting thing is that's all rushing highlights. And that's a team that loves to pride themselves on balance. But clearly they saw that they could run the ball in that game and just kept on doing it. And uh, made, made If you can run successfully, yeah. why stop? Gets the game over quicker, get out of there with uh, fewer injuries and, uh, you know, protect the ball. So. Exactly right. Well, they may be able to do that again tonight. Aberdeen is 1-5. and five. Yeah, Aberdeen, uh, as we mentioned earlier, they fell to Tumwater by 58 points last week. A year ago, though, uh, they put up a struggle against Black Hills and lost only 13-6. to six. That was a little bit different Black Hills team, though. Their quarterback, Ethan Loveless, Zach's brother, was hurt. Um, and once Zach got hurt, it didn't turn them into a helpless team, but they just weren't quite the same team they'd been earlier. And uh, with everybody at full strength and everybody producing the way they've been, um, we could look for uh, um, the Wolves to be successful and set up that huge Pioneer Bowl the following week. All right, we'll look forward to that. Moving on to Rochester, the Warriors, uh, they have a win, but uh, they're they're looking to get a second one. They lost to WF West last week, uh, twenty-one to nothing. Uh, actually, it was forty-one to forty-one nothing, to nothing. Yeah. Typo. Yeah, I mean, you were you must be a Rochester fan. You're trying to trying to help <laughs> them out there a little bit, but uh, yeah, that's the second week in a row they've been shut out. They do have a win, but it's starting to be kind of a long time ago. It was on opening night against Nino, which has turned out to be winless. So. Warriors still trying to find their footing in 2A. They were 1A for a long time. Now they get into the 2A EFCO where the two teams we just talked about are relatively awesome compared yep. to the other 2A teams. So they got uphill struggle to get themselves into that. They were held to 58 yards in total offense in that game. Didn't complete a pass. Um, got some good carries from Grayson Johnson. He only carried four times, but those were for 48 yards, so an average of 12 yards a carry. Uh, Enrique Sanchez did a nice job on the – there were a lot of kickoff returns. He got he did a good job running those back and some punt returns. Last year he was their 
mainstay running back this year. I think he's counted on more for defense, but he's also doing a good job returning kicks. So not a uh, not a team that's devoid of highlights, but uh, not close to a victory last week. But uh, they may have a, a more even match tonight. Uh, they've got one and five Centralia. Yeah, and that's the Swamp Cup, they call it. So the Swamp a, Cup. That is a, you know, as they say in England, that's a derby. You know, it's a big rivalry game across yes, town. Right. Twin City rivals. And uh, uh, so um, when they play, but tonight it will not be. Tonight's not the Swamp Cup. What am I talking about? That's when Centralia plays WF West. I was just thinking about Rochester playing the two Twin Cities teams in a row. And it was oh, la- yeah. last week uh, they lost uh, to Black Hills. And this week they um, – or last year when they played Centralia, they uh, actually got beat at the buzzer, kind of. There was a touchdown very, very late as uh, Centralia beat Rochester 42-35. I was at that game. That was a real exciting game. Rochester got two touchdowns, like, in the first 30 seconds because of uh, Centralia mistakes, but Centralia ground away, got back in it, and took the lead very, very late to win it. So could be an exciting game this time with Rochester. We will see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, that'll be coming up later on tonight. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we're going to take a real quick break. Uh, we'll be back after this. Still to come is our look at the area's uh, 3A teams. This is Red Zone Talk on Olympia's KGY. And welcome back to Red Zone Talk on KGY. I'm Noel and Dave. Let's start with the team that played. Yesterday, as we moved to 3A, North Thurston, who lost to Yelm last week, 48 to nothing, uh, played Central Kitsap on Thursday. Yeah, they were 2-4 and four going into that game, still looking for their first uh, South Sound Conference victory uh, against um, Yelm, Solomon Campbell, and Xavier Barnes had uh, six tackles apiece on defense, and that's uh, pretty much where the highlights were for them that, in that ballgame. Okay. And uh, let's move then to Shelton. Shelton falls to 0-6 as they uh, lost uh, to Tim- Timberline, got blanked. Yeah, and, you know, I don't want to stress a negative, but you kind of have to point out the uh, things that are of interest. And not only have the high climbers not won an SSC game, they haven't scored a point in league play yet. So a uh, really difficult rebuilding season for them. Um, we will see what they can do. They go to Gig Harbor tonight. Tides are coming off a... 34-7 loss to Capital. Last season, Shelton fell 30-12 to to Gig Harbor. So not such a struggle last year. We'll see if they're able to get on the board finally in that ballgame. All right. And things, uh, I got to say, when the when the tailgaters were at Shelton, uh, you know, everybody was in really good spirits. And everybody knew that the team is uh, having tough times, but still really behind it. So I love to see that. Uh, moving on, Yelm is 4-2. and two. Uh, They beat North Thurston pretty big. Uh, we talked about that a little bit. And then they're going to host Peninsula. Yeah, and that's a, that's a huge game for them. Uh, we'll talk about why in a minute. Um, that was their third consecutive victory when they beat North Thurston. They're in a three-way tie for second place with Capital and Timberline. Um, in that game, their starting quarterback, Kyle Robinson, threw two touchdown passes each to Silas Franklin and Cody Gifford. Um, tornadoes totaled 184 yards through the air. Carson Ament, Derek Platt, and Sean Rowetter each rushed for a touchdown as uh, Yelm picked up 236 yards on the ground, which is a little bit different for them, too. They like to uh, pass quite a bit. In fact, in today's Olympian, there's an article about their passing game, um, and yet they were able to uh, go to the ground when they needed to to run out the clock, I guess, in a big win. 
uh, and they had three guys go into the end zone. Now we're talking about tonight being probably their biggest game of the season. They play first case, first place Peninsula, which is a game ahead of those three teams I mentioned that are tied in the standings. Capital and Timberline, and we'll talk about it in a minute, they play each other tonight. So that means that one of them is going to come away from that with two losses. Right. And it'll just be Capital, and uh, it could be a three-way tie for first. It could be two teams tied for second. But Yelm is in control of its own fate, quote-unquote. Um, if they win, and then they continue to win and beat Shelton and Timberline, which, of course, it's a big, uh, big if for them to beat Peninsula and Timberline. But if that were to happen, they would get the title because they'd have the uh, tiebreaker over Capital and, theoretically, Timberline. So not an easy assignment, but it is still possible for the Tornadoes, as we speak this morning, to control their own fate. All right, that's a big one. So uh, Yelm Stadium ought to be rocking tonight. Uh, we're going to take one last break. Uh, when we come back, we'll finish up our look at 3A and continue on to 4A, the uh, Olympia Bears. And uh, a look at some other things as well. That's all coming up on Red Zone Talk. This is Olympia's KGY. And welcome back once again to Red Zone Talk on Olympia's KGY, brought to you by Olympia Orthopedic Associates. And uh, we're here to finish up our look, uh, first of all, at the 3A teams as we round that out. Uh, Got Capital and Timberline to talk about. They'll play each other tonight. We'll get to that. Capital coming off a uh, big win over Gig Harbor. They're now at 5-1. and one. Yeah, they bounced back from their first loss, which was at Yelm, and they came back and blew out Gig Harbor at Ingersoll Stadium. And uh, Chris Penner in that game, he caught touchdown passes of three yards and 80 yards from uh, his own quarterback, Grant Erickson. He also snagged two passes thrown by the Tides quarterback for interceptions. So he was all over the field, both offensively and defensively. Erickson completing eight, 11 of 18 passes. 183 yards and three touchdowns. The other one went to uh, Carson Collard. And Erickson was busy on the ground, too. He rushed for 57 yards and a touchdown. And Clayton Grady had 57 yards on one carry to account for Capitals' uh, other score on the ground. So, um, as you mentioned, three teams left in a tie for second place. um, And two of them are going to play tonight when Capital goes over to South Sound Stadium to uh, clash with Timberline. This game is... Look, let's wait on that. Before oh, we okay. talk about that game, let's talk, talk about, about Timberline. Timberline last week. Makes good sense uh, to me. They, they beat Shelton and uh, blanked the high climbers. So uh, tell us a little bit about that game. Yeah, that was another Hunter Campau show. Uh, their quarterback scored four of Timberline's six touchdowns on the ground. He carried 14 times for 129 yards, completed six of only seven passes that he threw for 104 yards, and that included a touchdown strike to Max Onise. And Jamin Faalago rushed for the other Timberline score. And you have to remember, these games where it ends up being 40-something or 50-something to nothing, those are very short games. So these stats that these guys pile up in those games yes. are basically in the two quarters, two and a half, something like that. Because if you score that 40th point early in the second half, the clock runs, it goes very quickly. So um, very impressive uh, statistics for them in a shortened game. And Hunter Kampau, um People haven't seen him. He's worth the price of admission all on his own. He's very quick on the ground. He can throw the ball well. Um, also plays good basketball during the winter. So good kid to come watch for Timberline. There we go. And tonight's matchup at South Sound Stadium is uh, really going to be something. These teams uh, these teams will want this game. Yeah, they will. And a little bit more than, you know, everything is at stake here. I mean, you've got a, a, a meaningful game in the standings. you got two teams that – quote-unquote, just don't really like each other all that much. There's been some things over the years. Um, 
One team taking a timeout to kick a field goal when they were up by 40. The other team not taking a knee when they were up by 30 on the goal line. You know, that's one of each. It wasn't the same team. It was one of each team. Yeah. And, of course, when you're the other team, you think that what they did is such a terrible sin. And, you know, so these teams, their fan bases are not real fond of each other. And you get that on top of the fact that the game means a, a whole heck of a lot to both of them in the standings. So should be very intense and high-quality players with uh, two great quarterbacks and Grant Erickson and Hunter Campow. And they've got, you know, he's got a, they've each got a core of receivers and some good running backs to work with. Um, could be a really high-scoring game by the time it's all done. And uh, that's where I'm going to be. Uh, the tailgaters, uh, Lilas and Maddie, are going to be there. Uh, tonight at South Sound Stadium, stop by uh, our toss game. We actually have uh, an actual prize tonight. Uh, tickets to My Morbid Mind Haunted Barn. So I want to thank Kevin and the guys there uh, for supplying us with those. So stop by and uh, see if you can't win your way into the haunted house there. 4A, Olympia. Uh, Olympia fell to Puyallup in one of those over 40-point big big loss games. Yeah, they had to go up to Sparks Stadium. Uh, P. Alps ranked fourth in the state in 4A and uh, leading the uh, South South Puget Sound League. And, yeah, as you mentioned, 40 to zip. Olympia managed to get 171 yards of total offense, but couldn't get the chains moving. They converted just seven of 21 third or fourth down opportunities. They threw two interceptions. Um, you know, just couldn't, couldn't put things together. They obviously had some uh, good plays from time to time, but nothing consistent. And they are now uh, one and five. That seems like a lot of offense to get no points out of it. Yeah, it's just not, I guess, not moving the chains when you needed to. Probably, you know, you gain 30 or 40 yards on a possession, then you come to a third down, you just can't get. Yep. You have to punt. And, you know, it looks, the stats are piling up, but you're not getting towards that uh, towards that red zone, as, right. the red zone, as we like to say. Yep, so. that's right. And, and they are at Skyview tonight. Yeah, and that's going to be their only non-league game of the year. The SPSL has that unique thing where there's nine teams. And you get to play nine games in Washington before the crossover slash playoff week. And they, in that league, every team plays their one non-league game in succession. You know, each week, one of them has their non-league game. Right. And uh, unfortunately for the Bears, if they were trying to use it for preparation, theirs comes in the uh, seventh week of the season in Skyview, which dropped to three and three. And remember, they had a loss to Yelm earlier. But they, their loss last week was 21 to 15 to Union, which is ranked number one in the state. So they hung in with Union. They are and, no slouch. And, you know, Nympy's got to go on the road to play it. So yet another tough battle for the Bears. All right. Well, we'll see how they turn out. College ball. Let's see. Cougars beat Oregon State 56-37. to They have a bye. The Huskies won at UCLA 31-24. to They're going to play at Oregon. What do you think about that one? Well, you know, I actually made a mistake last week. I thought they were playing Oregon for some reason. I thought they were playing. I was talking about that game uh, a week too early. And, you know, last two seasons, UW's dominated that game, but Oregon had the uh, had the edge for many, many years before that. But I would be thinking this, this week is probably going to be a third straight Husky victory in the series. So we will see. Oregon's ranked 17th. They're not as bad as they were last year, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Pro ball, the Seahawks. Lost a heartbreaker to the L.A. Rams 33-31 in a game that I think made a lot of Seahawks fans happy for, you know, as you can be for a loss. Well, yeah, I mean, nobody likes a moral victory, but um, I saw one of those power rankings um, earlier in the week, and the Rams are ranked number one in the NFL in that power ranking, and, you know, you lose to them by two points. The Hawks did really well. Yeah, a lot closer game than a lot of people would have thought, so – 
I think that's about as good as they were going to do against the Rams. Uh, and, you know, they've got the Raiders coming up in London. Um, I understand their hotel has a football field. Yeah. I saw this on TV <laughs> the other day, uh, one of the local channels, and this, this hotel is used by soccer teams and rugby teams because it has this big training facility. I did not know that. That's, I didn't either. That's very interesting. Yeah, I know originally that game was scheduled to be played at uh, – Tottenham Hotspur's new new soccer That's stadium. That's where I thought it was going to be. Which, which has underneath or over the grass, I forget. I guess it's over a turf field that can be rolled out like in Arizona. It can be rolled out over the grass. Okay. And that is because Tottenham has signed the contract to host the NFL for the next 10 years, and they are really hoping at some point to get an NFL team into that stadium, a real team called London. But, I, you know, I have my – I have my reservations about that. How would you like to be London at Seattle? Yeah, you, know, no, you got to try make that trip. It's going to be tough there. So, but in that ball game uh, at Wembley, they had to move it to Wembley because the Tottenham Stadium's not quite done yet. And if all else fails, I guess I got to play at the hotel. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I'm I'm uh, going with the Seahawks in that one. All right, you can hear the game on our sister station, ninety six nine KO, six o'clock London time. Ten that o'clock is our time. Ten o'clock our time, which means the pregame starts. At 8 o'clock, you don't want to miss that. There you have it. We have covered a dozen local programs and uh, seen some insight, some background, and now it's time to get out and watch some football. There are 150 high school games tonight. The weather is going to be exactly what they invented the game of football for. So get out there and uh, cheer. The Red Zone Talk tailgaters Maddie and Lilas will be at South Sound Stadium for the Timberline Capital matchup. Stop by, play our toss game. You could win your way into the My Morbid Mind Haunted Barn in Lacey. Thanks very much to Olympia Orthopedic Associates, and thank you for joining us this week. Find the podcast on KGYFM.com. You can email us, rzt at KGYFM. We got an email the other day that alerted me that Michael Stein's name was misspelled on our website, so thank you very much for that. Most of all, join us next Friday right here at 8.30 in the morning for Red Zone Talk on Olympia's very own KGY.